have so much movie news to talk about. This is BHL's Next. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Live Next. Wow, that was a smooth transition in. This is a good Sunday song. It is. It's a good Sunday song. It's, yeah, pretty much. Any day. It's just a, such a good vibe. Gives me like that kind of like Bootsy Collins. Definitely. Yeah, you know? Just He's so talented. Of another era, but yeah. still present. Still present? Yeah. Ahead of his time. <laughs> this and um, This is America. Literally, I can On hear repeat. It. Yeah. On repeat. Uh, I feel like he tapped into something that the world is feeling. It's like, I think I watched the video first, mm-hmm. and I was in awe. Yeah. And that then video was amazing. You watch the video, and then you watch the background of the video. Then you listen to the song. Then you go back and watch the whole video. You know what I mean? Like, yes, there's so many, layers just so to many it, things. Just keep peeling it back. He's good at that, which we know FX yeah. is Atlanta. Yeah, let's do it, <laughs> guys. This is VHL's next. I'm your host Raylan T, and I have the one and only Ro Timmy Paul in thank studio. You, thank you, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate no, it. I'm so excited to have you because we're going to be discussing all things. Purge. Yes. You know why? Because, ladies and gentlemen, Rotimi will be in the first Purge, which hits theaters July 4th. Fourth July of July. Fourth of July there. weekend. It's a busy Big weekend. weekend. Yeah. A lot of people go to the movies, too. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> we get them out. Yeah. No, I'm excited. So, I first have to ask you have you seen all of the Purge movies? I have seen all the Purges you have. now. Yeah, I didn't mm. see them before I shot. Um, I knew it was going to be a prequel, so mm-hmm. um, being that I hadn't seen them up until that point, I really made a conscious effort to say, no, I have an opportunity to really do something new. We as a film are doing something new. Yes. This is before anything that has been shot you know, um, existed, so we are telling a brand new story. So I, yeah, I went in just hoping to create a different, interesting yeah. character, and I think we did that. So. so that's good. So no regrets on wishing that you would have no, watched it before? No, no. That's I feel good. like... It you can bring out. something original. Yeah, because yeah. then you're worried about, well, they did this in yeah, the last and, one. And, and the second one, you know, this character. <laughs> no, I just, I was free. Tell it your own, yeah, tell yeah. it your own way. I'm so excited. So what was it like filming this movie? Uh, it was it was amazing. You know, I think Gerard, uh, Gerard Murray, our director, just had a really, really great great set, first of all. Um, it was a really comfortable space for us to create and uh, be as free as we wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And then my castmates are incredible mm-hmm. in this project. You know, from Elon and, and Lex, who are, are kind of leading our ship, mm-hmm. to, you know, Javan, who I play a lot of my scenes with. Mm-hmm. It, there's so many people, uh, Christian and, mm-hmm. and Michelle, we were talking about before, yeah. just so many people who are just doing great work that I'm just really, really excited to see everybody shine. Yes. And this time around with the Purge movies, we have more of a predominantly black cast. We definitely do. So what other differences are we going to see in this story? Uh, in the story, you know, the script you know, dictates that, obviously, this is a time where the Purge isn't known. We don't know what this night holds, right? So there's a lot of anxiousness around the unknown. And I think a lot of our characters are kind of figuring out, you know, where they fit in to whatever they think this night's going to be. And some people are terrified and like, I need to get out of here. I need to protect my family. And (laughs) some people are kind of leaning in because it's incentivized. It's like there's a reason why if you stay, you you can prosper a little bit. Mm. And I think that is a a scary concept, you know, when it's like, oh, no, no, no. Something about this can make my life better. Yeah. You know, something about Purge Night could 
help me help out. you yeah and i think that's kind of where some of the characters kind of lean into the, to the night and say all right let's go so it's purge night what does rotimi paul find himself in the in the purge all right, if so this was to go down if this was to go down <laughs> first of all um there's no way I'm not getting all my family together. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's there's no way mm. I'm not, you know, taking care of everyone I love and making sure they're, they're good. Um, and I'm probably, you know, getting out of there. Like, I'm not I'm not trying to be outside. I'm, I'm trying to lock up the doors, shelter in, and <laughs> okay, just yes. ride it out. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be out in the streets. I, I'm not going to pretend uh, <laughs> that's my life now. Nah. Where no, is this taking place? Because, you know, in all these movies, it just seems as though the city is not a ghost town, but mm-hmm. some cities are a ghost town in um, certain places. So during uh, this film, where are you guys shooting all this stuff? So our film is set in Staten Island. Oh, really? And uh, Staten Island is the test ground for what this first purge is going to be. Mm. Um, it's not, like I said, it's not a sure thing yet. The country doesn't know if this is the direction it, it wants to go in or if it needs to go in. And they choose Staten Island, which has a largely marginalized, let's say, population. Mm-hmm. And they say, let's let's test this out. And from that, we get a lot of the the storyline because it's a lot of black and brown people um, that they're trying out a social experiment on mm-hmm. and they're seeing how it goes and the kind of movie unfolds from there. Does so. this movie have a political message? You know, with a lot of movies that come out, we do have an underlying message, uh, whether it's, you know, political um, or what have it. So does The Purge have that in it? I think James Monaco, who, you know, has created the franchise and directed the first three films, mm-hmm. has done a brilliant job of instilling a political messaging in the entire franchise. Mm. So that that was kind of set up in, in the groundwork of, of the Purge franchise. And I think we just kind of go a step further with it. I think you'll see some, some symbolisms to the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm. You'll see some symbolism around uh, just activism and, and grassroots activism and kind of what that looks like. You know, Naya, uh, our, our, our female lead, you know, our, our protagonist, she really is a voice of the people. And I feel like you see that early on. You see kind of what communities are built on. They're, they're, they're built of people who have a, a strong vision of, of positivity and how, how they can go there. And you have other people in the same community who, you know, might be a little more uh, different in, in their intention. than yeah. The Purge gives it, like, the catalyst to go wild and shake it up a little bit and see where it goes. Think of all the good The Purge does. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we have the trailer for you, so Let's check go. this out. This is The First Purge. Commencement of the first purge. Tonight allows people a release for all the hatred and violence that they keep up inside them. This won't bring him back. It won't make you feel any better. Thank you. It is a night that is defining our country. Citizens, this will be a tradition we celebrate every year. Join the first purge. Isaiah, come say bye. Go do your thing, sis. Always. I'll see you tonight. People are now calling this controversial experiment of legalized crime the purge. Do not purge! Do not purge! You and Isaiah, just stay with me doing the purge. Oh, we're going to be fine on our own. We are here with Dr. May Updale. She came up with this experiment. Is the purge a political device? It is a psychological one. If we want to save our country, we must release all our anger in one night. 
tonight, we'll see the good and evil in everyone. This is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the first purge. Our neighborhood is under siege from a government who doesn't give a shit about any of us. At the siren, all crime, including murder, will be legal for 12 hours. There's a lot of good people out there who we're going to have to protect. All emergency services will be suspended. We got to be prepared for anything. Your government thanks you for your participation. Parties, you predicted a much higher level of participation. Human nature does not obey the laws of politics. What the hell is going on? They all ex-military. Something funky going down, D. You're sending soldiers into the island disguised as citizens. This country needs for this to work. No one's coming to help us. After tonight, nothing will ever be the same again. They forgot about one thing. They forgot about us. What have I done? Stay strong, huh? I'm coming. Just remember all the good the purge does. <laughs> Intense. I've seen it a few times, the trailer, but I would tell you the first time I watched it, I definitely was like jumping. Yeah. By myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Me too. <laughs> really though are you like that when you're on set I mean I know there's so many cameras and the crew so you're probably not as scared but on set on set uh, not as much and uh, with my character not as much yeah but um, getting into this space and just kind of watching as a fan yeah yeah, so we have Lex Scott Davis as as the lead. Mm-hmm. Um, Her and Alan. Yes, yeah, Alan, and uh, we know him from Insecure. Yep. Uh, so let's get into your character in this movie. Uh, yeah, my character is Skeletor. Skeletor. Skeletor is is a guy who I think is definitely leaning in to the opportunity that mm-hmm. he sees on on Purge Night, and I feel like for him, this is an opportunity to better everything about his circumstance. Uh, he's the marginalized of the marginalized. And uh, he's presented with an opportunity. I think he he's going to take it. Yeah. You know, and for whatever that means for him. Mm-hmm. So our audience is going to love Skeletor. Are they going to be scared of Skeletor? How do you think other audiences? Um, I think there'll see. be some, some audience members that love Skeletor. Yeah? I think there'll be some audience members that might be a little uh, intimidated. Yeah. Skeletor, How do you but... dive into this character? Could you seem like such a sweet person? Um, and now you have to be like, you know, this think, animal <laughs> in the perch. <laughs> I, think, I think there's there's really um, things in each of us that are connecting points. Mm. And I feel like Skeletor, who hasn't who hasn't sided with someone who seizes opportunity? You know, um, if you've ever been the have not. I think you you can kind of symbolize or or sympathize with with what Skeletor sees in in this night, um, and I for one know that for me just opportunity is is a word that I feel very strongly about, mm. and lack of opportunity does the opposite for me. So that's kind of the in for for me, and then from from there just understanding what his backstory would be, kind of developing that and creating the character from the ground up. Um, 
was how I kind of got into it. And then when you see the script and kind of the positions he's placed in, you're like, all right, let me let me see how this would be unleashed or this how how this would play itself out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now he's a. Uh, He's an interesting character. He's an interesting character, He's an interesting to, character. To, say the least. to say the least. Yeah, yeah. Well, guys, make sure to check out uh, the first Purge when his theater is July fourth. I also know that you're working on uh, this feature film documentary, um, Surviving Jonestown, Guyana. I'm familiar with the book, but I'm not too sure if this documentary is is uh, close to the book or have any has any influences from this book. Okay, um, so by Catherine Thrash. Okay, no, yeah. so I didn't See. get uh, the documentary based on the book. Mm. So for me. Um, Surviving Jonestown is actually the story that I wanted to tell about my father. Wow. And my father uh, had, you know, many years as, as a pilot. Uh, that's kind of how I always saw him was as this pilot. And he flew for Guyana Airways. Um, and in 1978, November 18, he was yeah. on the runway uh, where the shooting started. You're kidding. At Jonestown. And yeah, I wanted to tell wow. his story of survival. If he's not surviving that instance and, and getting out, I'm not born, you know, uh, like... Eight years later. So uh, is, I think for me, I was always fascinated by just knowing that he was involved and kind of figuring out, all right, where did his story kind of fit into the overall story of People's Temple and, and the Jonestown uh, yes. massacre. So when I found out kind of, wow, oh, you were the one that, you know, was talking to Congresswoman Jackie Spear at the time she was the aide to Congressman Leo Ryan. Like, you were that guy. Wow. You were that that bridge. And you're, you know, we're obviously Guyanese, and uh, I kind of feel strongly about my, my culture, my heritage, my, my, my people, and we haven't really seen the story of Jonestown from the Guyanese perspective. No. Because these people lived in, in Guyana for a time. Like, they were there for years. And we always see it from uh, from America's America, perspective, yes, which is definitely. obviously people Americans who went to Guyana live to and live, yeah, Jim happened. Jones, yeah, exactly, exactly. But I wanted to kind of flip the story angle a little bit, and then also kind of finally uh, have my dad uh, his story kind of come to light because mm-hmm. uh, when when it happened, you know, he went to the president's uh, office and they kind of had a debriefing, but he wasn't allowed to speak to press. Wow. And this was years ago. So now that I, you know, I have his story, I'm like, it's my kind of duty to, to, tell it. to tell it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. It's something that I feel uh, deep responsibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've spoken to some of the survivors uh, of People's Temple and, you know, just having them trust me with, with the story and knowing kind of my lineage and just knowing where I'm coming from with it has been amazing. Like their, their support has been amazing. And obviously my dad's support. I just spoke to him for Father's Day. Oh, know, shout out happy Father's Happy Day. Father's Day, Dad. Um, but yeah, he's he's so excited. And to see him excited about his story being told mm-hmm. is is everything. It's What's amazing. one thing do you think that we see from the American standpoint that is going to be a total shock um, from the Guyanese standpoint of what happened? Um, well, I think there are a lot of, there are a lot of discrepancies, mm. um, when you see reenactments and, and, and all these sort of things, uh, there, there are little things that get lost in the details or, or that are just flat out, uh, incorrect that have always like kind of, you know, irked my dad a little bit. And I kind of want to go back and speak to those things, just the type of plane they had, you know, the mm. vegetation that was around, um, these things might be small details, but because of the vegetation, my dad survived. Like he had mm. to run 
through the so bush. So everything really does matter. Yeah, yeah, and like bullets were flying by him, but he was able to hide in a certain spot because of the type of dense vegetation. Uh, the type of planes they had is important because certain planes couldn't land on like the length of runway that they had. So they needed, you know, a plane that could handle short takeoff and short landing. Um, so all these sort of things kind of factored into like, oh my, we've, we've kind of only seen it from the the story you know American story yeah exactly but uh, there there's so much truth left to be told in terms of like the, you know the people of people simple a lot that I've spoken to said that they would have never left Guyana like they love the people of Guyana they love Guyana I just feel like you know the only time people kind of know Guyana is very yeah it's it's a negative light mm-hmm. and I kind of wanted to uh, you know just shed a little more light on of it to what, maybe yeah, give a, a more well-rounded yeah, story. Because you guys are more than just exactly. one man. Exactly. Who, wasn't, the, who yeah. wasn't even uh, Guyanese. He was yeah, American. exactly. Yeah. Coming over and just brainwashing these people. So that's yeah. amazing. How long has it taken you to uh, develop this story, this documentary? Um, I know documentaries like this take a lot of time because yeah, no. research and getting the when interviews started, together. it was like 2011, 2012, wow. let's say. It's when I first started the idea and I started mm-hmm. talking with my dad. Is that the first time that you realized that your dad was a survivor? No. I knew that uh, I knew that from when I was younger, let's say, you know, teenage years. I was very mm-hmm. well aware of that. Um, but he, he doesn't really talk about it, uh, especially not unprompted. And I was kind of just like always dancing around, hey, what, well, you know, what are people talking about when they say you're in that Jones something? What, what is that? He's like, oh, no, that's the thing I did when I was younger. And I kind of kept pressing it and over time he was like all right so this is this is is my story this is kind Mm -hmm. of what happened and i said oh oh dad like i need to i need i need to film this like i I need to have this story yes and like you know put it down just for posterity's sake just you know just so that people kind of know what happened Mm -hmm. and over time he was like of course like you're my son you know if you want if you want to tell this (laughs) story like let's do it um, and thank my God, cause I think it's, it's fascinating. And the more I, the more I learn, the more I know, the kind of more I want to know and the more mm-hmm. I uncover that way. So and the more you, I feel like you know about yourself because it is your culture. Very true. Speaking of which, how does someone, uh, from South America want to have this or have this dream to come to America and be this actor on screen? All right. So that's a, a roundabout, a roundabout <laughs> trip. Um, I was born in the States. I grew up in Guyana, South America, mm-hmm. shout out Guyana, and then mm-hmm. moved to Antigua, uh, which is a small island in the West Indies, before uh, my mom uh, moved me back to the States to live with my aunt. And I think that's kind of where my eyes were opened up to the possibility <laughs> of, of you know career or life in the arts. Um, but it wasn't until I was at Syracuse University mm-hmm. as an undergrad, and I did a play. Um, what play? Member of the Wedding. Mm. Um, and I played a role, Honey Camden Brown. And I was like, oh, yeah. I this is do it. This. I want to yeah, do this yeah, forever, yeah. yeah. And it was in college where I kind of made that decision. I was studying sports medicine, and I was like, wow. I'm going to minor Complete. in theater. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm going to finish my, my degree because it's a Caribbean household. You got to finish a degree, get like an <laughs> actual degree. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I was like, I'm going to leave school once I graduate and go to Manhattan and study at a conservatory. And that was kind of like, the springboard for my journey into the arts was um, when I went to William Esper Studio in New York. I started kind of finding my way, uh, found my way in the theater in, in New York City, um, and yeah, solidified my love for for whatever that was going to be. Uh, I knew 
in some shape or fashion, I was going to be acting for the rest of my life. I just needed to find uh, the outlet. The outlet, yeah, to yeah. let you do so. Exactly. That's awesome. Well, Rotimi, do you mind being my co-host as we dive into these hot topics? Let's do it. Okay. So, guys, next in movie, I told you this is movie news. MTV Movie Awards is tomorrow. Yesterday was the awards show, but they're premiering it tomorrow on MTV. Tiffany Haddish... The hilarious, the wonderful Tiffany Haddish is the, the host. The great yeah. Tiffany Haddish is hosting. Uh, I love this promo that she does to promo this uh, award show, so let's take a look. If you want to make it in this business, you got to pay your dues. I've slept in my car in Beverly Hills. I even hosted bar mitzvahs. Ooh, I am... You don't want another generic dude in a tux hosting a boring-ass award show... You want the boss who paved her own way. She ready. You ready? The MTV Movie and TV Awards, hosted by Tiffany Haddish. Monday, June 18th on MTV. She's awesome. Not to New York with the Tims. <laughs> the Tims? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she pulls it, I was like, wait, yeah. now with the Tims. Go, yeah. Tiffany. I'm excited. There's so uh, many great works of art that are nominated. I know Black Panther's taking the lead with the yeah. seven nominations and of course. Well deserved. Well, well deserved. deserved. Wakanda well deserved. forever. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many memes of Chadwick Boseman that they're like, is he tired of just- <laughs> The one where he's just like <laughs> It's nah. like, come on, but you have to. I mean, I feel I like love it. I, I love, love it. it. Keep it going. Keep it going Keep it forever. Going. I'm, a, I'm a fan. I love it. And then I know Michael B. Jordan attended last night. Uh, we also have nominations for Stranger Things. Definitely. I don't, oh, amazing piece Definitely. of work. I still need to binge watch this last season, mm-hmm. but it's just, I know. It, You'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy it. Yes. It's just so beautifully. Like, Everything written, written, acted, acted, <laughs> produced. Like, like it's, it's so it's a great good. Show. And for me, I think anyone who is nostalgic for that like eighties era, oh, TV I lo- oh. is just like yes, they hit it out the park. Like every episode, just like oh, I love it. Great. And this is young then, like, cast, the or cast, so, yeah. yeah, you know. Billy Bobby Brown, like that, that, that whole cast is just phenomenal. They're talented. So I'm excited for them. Yeah. It's such a good show. So these are the things that are nominated, guys. Make sure to turn tune in tomorrow night, MTV Movie Awards, and get all that great stuff. See who's walking away with these popcorn uh, trophies. I'm definitely tuning in. I'm tuning in. You know. Kim Kardashian's nominated for, for Keeping Up with the Kardashians. For, like, for, yeah. Because at first she was on the red carpet, and I was like, oh. And I was like, she's she's a nominee. I thought you were going to drop something on me. I was like, yeah, I had no, no idea. No, yeah, like, best reality oh. TV show, which I okay. mean, they've been on the okay. air for a while. That show has been on for, how many, how many seasons I do you think? I think it's like two, 10 to, or 14. 14 seasons. Wow. If I'm on a show for 14 seasons, I've made it, guys. Yeah, right? <laughs> a show for 14 seasons? <laughs> Cash is just rolling, just breaking seasons? in the dough. Yeah, 14. Wow. I don't have it. Hey, hats off. That's off the 14 seasons. Go that's, on, Kardashians. Yeah. You guys got this. That's that's like an amazing accomplishment for any show. For any show. In any medium, I think. Yeah. Genre. That, and then I know that the, the franchise, the Real Housewives franchise is nominated, and I don't even know how many seasons they have as a, a whole. Okay. But. But a lot. You know, yeah. See, and that's be, Andy Cohen, so. The thing is, like, for me, 
like current events and like news like that, like I think I would be like a terrible co-host because I haven't seen any of them. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but I know they've been on but forever. But you know, yeah, you know that you, you know yeah. because when you turn to social media, it's they're, always there. They're in. The it's lexicon. always like, talked they're about in the public consciousness, like so heavy. And there's so many people who have been invested for 14 seasons, mm-hmm. you know, and who can tell you stuff yeah. from like season one and season two the way mm-hmm. I can about like Game of Thrones. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? exactly. Or, or like Atlanta, like I can tell you, like oh, at the 15 minute mark, you know, season <laughs> season one episode. This three, is what the this dialogue. Is exactly so guys make sure to tune into that and our other segment which i know you'll be excited about because i already teased you a little Mm -hmm. bit Mm -hmm. we have dumbo guys yes disney classic is going to be live action tim burton my childhood is like coming to life yeah i love dumbo such a great story such a great story and to see who's involved in doing yes colin farrell danny devito this is going to be epic. And I'm, live action is just really starting to take a story. Disney's really doing it with the live action. I don't know if what other franchise could I mean, do live action like this. But Disney has all the stories you want to see. They have all the stories that you want to see. Like, they've already done Jungle Book. They, they're, they're coming with Lion King. They're coming with them. You know, like, yeah. there's so many great stories where I'm like, oh, yeah, just, just keep Aladdin, it coming. Yeah. Just keep Aladdin. You know, Will Smith is going to They did, um, what was the one that they just did? Uh, Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, yeah. So... Mm-hmm. There's so many stories that I remember watching on VHS tape mm-hmm. that I would pay whatever it costs to go to a movie now to see the live action version. When you see these live actions, do you watch the VH- VHS version first and then go see it or no? Well, for me, I'm like a true Disney fan. So mm. I've seen all the live, you know, I've seen yes. like all the VHS tapes that I would probably, I've seen every Aladdin, I've seen <laughs> Little Mermaid, I've seen, you know what I mean? Like, yes. so. If I didn't see them, probably I would go back. But the reason I'm so invested mm-hmm. in the live action is because I grew up with, you know, the VHS tapes and watching them. But I, I, if I had to advise someone, yeah, go check out the original. You know? I checked know out the original and I was disappointed with the live action with one movie with Beauty okay. and the Beast. Uh, okay. okay. Only because, I don't know, it's 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 the weirdest, like the nostalgia of like when you watched it. Mm-hmm. As a child, there's a certain magic to it. Y- yes, that I don't think like you re- kind of remember yeah. like where you were when you watched the VHS. Definitely, and so it's like something new. And I, mm. I remember being enthralled with with Belle and, and just kind of like you know rooting for the Beast in a way that I, I don't know if it's a live action you know capture because yeah, like everything like there was a certain magic I think you know to like the candelabra coming to yes. life. Like, oh my god, like that's amazing, you know uh, and. Like, I think it's kind of a little more difficult in the live action, but I I like the live action. Though. I really same. Disney's I doing its it. thing. Uh, the Incredibles premiered this yes. week. Yes, I need to go see it. I, I can't believe it, it was fourteen years ago when it came. Fourteen? Fourteen years ago. This theme of fourteen is really really like crazy right now. <laughs> like I'm like fourteen years yeah. ago doesn't seem that long ago to me because I remember. Yeah, you know, Incredibles. And I watched the first one maybe about a few months ago, maybe like a month or a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And just the way that I'm looking at Pixar and just the animation, it was yeah. so good then. Yeah, that it's... I. I already know it's going to be great now. I, I mean, just think of, of how, like, in 14 years is how far technology has, has advanced. advanced. You know, it's and it crazy was so great them. then that I'm like, I can't believe this was 14 years ago. Yeah, I go back and look at like Toy Stories and stuff. like oh, that. Oh, Toy like, Story, the animation, it's impeccable. But it's like you know, longer. Than I know left, how. You know? So yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm blown away. Those guys are super talented. Have you seen Incredibles 2 yet? I haven't seen it yet, no. Okay. I'm going to, though, for sure. Okay, let me know. Yeah, definitely. I need to see it. I'll definitely But I just know that the much. theaters <laughs> are just so packaged. Not only do you have, you know, the, the younger generation now that's going to see it, you film. have, like, yeah. adults Everyone's like me yeah. in the theater, too. So it's like... Grandmas. Yeah. Grandkids. doesn't matter. 
doesn't know? matter. And the thing is, I feel like the thing about like Incredibles, well, the first one at least, is like there are jokes that the four year old laugh at like an angle of the joke. But like then a adult will understand there. So that's what I figured out with the first one. When I watched the first one, yeah. I was like, "Whoa, this completely went over my head when I was watching it back yeah, then." Back now then, this is hilarious. Ah, like, oh, it's hilarious. Yeah, which is cool because it makes it enjoyable for like you know you're as a parent you're like, "Oh, I have to sit through I have to sit a through children's movie." But, but I actually enjoy it. Enjoy it, yeah, because yeah. they put you know certain jokes in there for them to catch, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. So yeah, but. I'm a fan. Guys, <laughs> Dumbo live action is coming soon. We have the trailer. Are you ready to I be am ready. I'm blown like, away? Yeah. Okay. I've been teased. Let's, <laughs> Let's take a look. I, I need. want more. That's all I need. Though. I know. <laughs> That's like all March I need. 2019 cannot come fast enough. Tim Burton, let's go. Um, yeah. Tim no. Burton is just. Has he ever done anything that's not great? Never. I haven't seen it. I, haven't I don't seen know it. if it exists, but I haven't seen it if it does. I need to get through one of the ones that he did, Coraline. Oh, it's great. I got through like half, and I was like, "This is amazing." Yeah, I like it. I, I, really I yeah, Tim Burton. Is but for it. me. I think, like, he also, especially when we were growing up, like, gave a space for, you know, people who are creative, like, creative-minded, um, that may not have felt, like, included in other, you know, kind of genre. Definitely. He's like, where do I fit in? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he made a space, like, oh, this is where I fit in. And I think he's still doing that in everything. That it's, yeah, I'm amazed to see him with the live action, because, you know, you usually just see a lot of animation from him. Definitely. Different types of animation. Yeah. But um, I'm excited to see this live action for Dumbo. It looks great. I love Dumbo. Yeah. Colin like... Farrell, Danny DeVito. Yeah. This is going to be a good one, guys. Box office hit, for sure. But it's like we have to wait, like, a, a whole, whole year. year, probably, yeah. <clears throat> I know. They're definitely going to probably drop more teasers. I definitely. know for sure when it gets close to the date. But I, it looks so good. I'm so excited. With that got one in the exactly. Lion King, it's like. Listen, Disney Lion King. can't do any wrong. As soon as I saw, like, it was in text somewhere, like, you know. The uh, cast? Just the cast. <laughs> yeah. It was, I was blown away. I, like every character was like, oh no, this is a really great casting. You know, yeah. what I mean? like you really couldn't get much better than that. Um, and that was just across the board. And bringing back like James Earl Jones, like I'm just—I know James Earl Jones. Like you have to have James Earl Jones. 
Come on, that voice, what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that tone, that rich yeah. like baritone, you need yeah. that in Lion King for sure. I wish, I honestly wish that Whoopi Goldberg would have been on uh, this because she was one mm. of the hyenas. Yes, yes. I, I wonder why. Yeah, I thought I about the that. Story behind that. I know. Yeah. Look, what's going on, Whoopi? Spill the tea. <laughs> <laughs> but Rosemi, what else can we look forward to seeing you in uh, besides the purge? And you know, we have the documentary coming documentary. out. Documentary. Um, I'm gonna be. Well, I have uh, some independent films that I shot uh, back in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a short that I really was excited about uh, with a great team behind it. Um, that cho- shows me playing a, a Somali character that I'm really, really proud of. Um, that's probably the next thing that'll probably hit festivals. Okay. Um, and then it's back to auditioning. It's, it's back to really back to the grind. Back to huh? the grind. You know, uh, I I'm super excited with uh, what the grind looks like. You know, post post purge and you know what whatever doors are uh, open for you. Not even open, but yeah. just there to be knocked yeah. on. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm excited for that. Like I feel like right now it's just a really, really great space of of, of energy that. I'm looking forward to seeing where it leads. You know, my, my whole thing when I started this was I really just wanted to uncover like the dopest characters I could, you know, and really, really craft characters that I was proud of. And I feel like the opportunity to do that has been continuing to evolve and, and take shape. And I'm really excited more than anything, more than the next job. It's just kind of see where that journey takes me. So, Well, I'm excited for you guys. Make sure to check out The First Purge when yes, it hits theaters July 4th. I know I will be seeing it and you should too. Guys, this has been BHL's Next. I'm your host, Raylan T. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Raylan Taren. Rotimi, let everybody know where they can find you on social media because I know they're going to want to know. All right, definitely. <laughs> I'm on Instagram at Rotimi Paul, R O T I M I P A U L, and on Twitter at Rotimi A Paul, R O T I M I A P A U L. Thank you so much. Thanks Thank you. so much for coming on, really? vibing out Thank with me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I course. appreciate being your co host as well. That was yes. really dope. Yes, uh, you have to come back. <laughs> definitely. Anytime. Yes, for sure. Like we we have numbers. Like just text me. Okay, it's, it's nothing. We got this going, guys. I'll see you guys next Sunday. Don't forget to follow all things at BHL's next at BHL online, and I will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us. Info at BlackHollywoodLive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio. Instagram me at KingXO Bay. Thanks for tuning in.